Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, stone shop owners from across the fruited plain and beyond. I'm your host, Aaron Crowley. So glad to be continuing this journey with you. You know, I'm, I'm on this journey too. It's, it's said that, you know, we teach things, we tend to teach things that we need to hear. And, uh, and, and I'm on this same path. I have more and more and increasingly uh, become of the belief that, that time is short. We only live once. And the, the, real, the real risk of the momentum of success, starting off building businesses that are really successful and they grow and they grow and then they grow to a point where we struggle to manage them effectively and, and the business can kind of take over. And, and while it's euphoric and exciting and gratifying and satisfying to have that success initially, over time, it kind of loses its appeal. And if, and if things don't change, the business can kind of settle into where it's just the master. It's a control. And events essentially are dictating, you know, our life inside and outside the business. And, and I, you know, have been on this journey for some time and I'm sharing it with you in a sense. And, and I believe it is extremely important because time is short. It's something you can't get back. We only live once, and I believe that every one of us have deeply rooted desires that reside in inside of us, within us, that are that are that are unique to each of us, but are just profoundly meaningful. And I think I believe those desires are worth considering. They are worth admitting, and they are worth pursuing. And, and I find, I observe in my own experience and in the experience of many of the folks that I coach or have coached or have had complimentary coaching sessions with, the business is in such a state, has grown to the point where there is no realistic prospect of experiencing those things that are deeply desired and meaningful. And so I believe this is just such great topic to pursue. This is such a great discussion to have stopping, pausing, thinking long enough to go, what is it that's really important? What are those things that require time? What are those things that might otherwise require me to get to retirement before I'd have the time and money to experience? And can I rearrange the equation? Can I upend the apple cart? Can I blow up the conventional wisdom, begin to think more intentionally, more purposefully, identifying the things that are really important to me, and then begin to build a business that accommodates that, that enables that? that allows us, you and me included, to do the things that are deeply important to us and our families. And so I'm going to continue this conversation today. Part two, episode 144, the simple path to taking time off now. Now, in the last episode, we talked about how to begin. What's the first step, the baby step? Taking an hour for lunch, not just taking an hour for lunch, which is what everybody probably does, but taking an hour from lunch or for lunch and not be interrupted. Setting our sights on an achievable goal. Now, if we can do that once, let's do it again. And let's get into the, the rhythm. Let's get into the pattern, the habit, to where that just becomes the expectation. You just don't call Aaron at lunch. Now, I now work from home, and so I have kids that barge into my office. <laughs> There's no boundaries there. Actually, now that I'm saying that, probably wouldn't be a bad idea to, to contemplate creating some of those boundaries. But that was part of my goal anyway was to rearrange my affairs so that I could be home and have those interruptions by my kids. But when we we're talking about lunch, that's where we begin. How can I arrange the business in such a way so that I can leave for lunch for an hour and not be interrupted? 
How can I create clear expectations about when to contact me if it's urgent enough so that there's an exception, but there's only those exceptions. And when there isn't an exception, I have an hour away for lunch uninterrupted. Time to think, time to recoup, time to imagine, time to have meaningful conversations with my spouse, my significant other, fellow business owners, whatever it is. Really, really important on two two fronts. Number one, it's important to have that time. Number two, it, it begins this discipline, this this acquisition of a skill that can progress to what we're going to talk about today, which is taking a day off. And not just taking a day off. I'm sure everybody takes a day off. But we got these friggin' devices that follow us everywhere in our pocket. And then we got the tablet. And then we got the laptop. And then we, you can't escape. You, there's, there's nowhere to hide. And if there are no boundaries in the business, there, and if the business continues, you know, if, if the business is operating while you are off for the day, chances are you're going to get calls, you're going to get interruptions. And, and how well can we focus on those things outside of work, those experiences that we want to have, those desires that we want to fulfill when you got the phone blowing up in your ear? And so the question is, is can you take a day off once you've mastered taking an hour-long lunch without interruption? Once you've got mastery in that, let's progress to the next step. What about taking a day off? Let's take a Friday off. Let's go to the lake, the river, and leave the phone. Maybe leave it in the in the lake, but leave the phone in the car and say, no, we're, we're taking off today. Yep, the business is running. The business is going to be fine. The customers are going to be fine. The employees are going to be fine. The jobs are going to be fine because we followed this progression. We have followed these simple steps. Number one, we communicate. Number two, we define the exceptions. And number three, we plan and prepare to the extent that is possible. So let's put this into context. I want to challenge you like I did in the last episode, fellow fabricator. Give yourself permission to believe that you can take a day off. You are worthy of time away from the business. Your life is worthwhile. The time that you devote to the other things in your life are absolutely worthy of you having the permission to write those things down, and then to speak those things. And that's this first step. Okay, so let's talk about this in the context of taking a day off. Give You, you got permission? You believe it? Okay, now I want to say hey, maybe in, in three weeks from now, we've mastered the lunch hour. Now what is it going to look like for me to communicate with my team, to find the exceptions, and then to plan and prepare? How much, you know, that time frame is going to be dependent upon your perspective of what is necessary to get ready for that day off. So let's pick the day. So that's my first challenge. You give yourself permission to believe. Let's give yourself permission to actually pick the day and schedule the event. So I'm asking you, this is meat and potatoes, fellow fabricator. Get your calendar out. I guess that's one nice thing about having that device in your pocket. You got the calendar there. And you pick a Friday. You pick a Monday. Pick a Friday or a Monday that gives you a three-day weekend, three days of uninterrupted time, away from the business. Now, hopefully there's two days that's not operating, so you get that just that the, the, the cumulative effect of that time away. Let's pick the date. Now, you're going to have to schedule that. That's part of writing it down. Writing down that Friday or Monday. And then we got to begin this process to tell. Who are you going to tell? Who are you going to spend that day off with? And what are you going to tell them? you got to answer those questions. I mean, if this is just theory, if we're just talking about pie in the sky, that would be nice. It's kind of a waste of time, right? And it's easy for us to go, yeah, 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 I'm on board, I'm on board, I got to do that, I'm going to do that. But if we don't actually take these concrete steps, these little baby steps, these baby steps of the baby step, if you will, 
pick the day, write it down, like literally put it on the calendar and then tell somebody I'm taking this time off. That's now you're committed. Now the stakes have been raised. <laughs> you're getting a little bit like nervous, a little butterfly, a little bit. I don't like the feeling of this. Hey, you only live once. Those are endorphins. Those are feel-good chemicals that are going off in your brain. It's it's kind of like jumping off of a bridge with a bungee cord or out of an airplane or riding bulls or whatever whatever those extreme sports may be and the chemicals that they release. That's what you're experiencing. That's a good thing. The stakes are a little bit higher now, so let's talk about what does it mean. Well, you've picked the date. You've written it down. It's scheduled. You've told those that are relevant to that time off that you're taking the time off. Now, who do we need and what do we need to communicate in the business? We're just going to repeat the same thing we've mastered at lunch. We're going to now begin to master it for taking time off an entire day. What are you doing? Well, you're, I'm taking this day off. You're telling the team. You're setting them up. You're creating expectations, letting you know. I'm communicating to you in two weeks or three weeks or in a month. I'm going to be taking that Friday off. That's what you're communicating. Now, who needs to know that? We're just going to repeat, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. (laughs) That's how habits are formed. That's how skills develop. That's how we hone the skill. Who do you need to tell? Who needs to know? We're going from an hour to an eight-hour shift. I got to be able to get away. Who is most likely to contact me over the course of an entire day? Who needs to know that I'm taking that day off and that I am setting a boundary that it is not okay to contact me? Once we've communicated that to the appropriate people, we move to the second aspect, define expect, uh, define exceptions. What is urgent? What is not? Now, when you're gone for eight hours, there's a different range of things that could come up. That's more time for issues to occur. That's more time for questions to pop up that need your assistance or your, your attention or you to make a decision. So the longer we have time to plan for this, the better, but you got to define that. Can angry customers wait a day? Can a bid wait for a day? The answer to those questions, what is urgent and what is not, is going to change between an hour and an eight-hour shift because you may have to then move some of these exceptions. You've got to move those into the planning and preparation category because Hey, letting a customer, a a, a highly valued customer or a highly wealthy customer or a a highly influential customer, making them wait all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for you to get back to them on Monday, that may not be acceptable. That may be such an urgent situation that it requires some pre-planning and pre-preparation to handle that effectively so that you can take that day off. Bids, same thing. You know, a bid can wait an hour. But if the deadline is the end of the day, and this is a this is a super important project, and we've got to have this done, well, maybe let's not wait until the day that I take it off to start bidding it. Maybe let's shoot to have that bid done two or three days beforehand. Same thing, problems on jobs. We've got to define, we've got to understand that the longer that we're away, the dynamic changes, and we've got to spend more time anticipating and planning and, and working to define at what level am I willing to let somebody contact me on my day off. 
hey, if we've got, you know, and you got you just have to think through that. What is most likely to either go wrong? What is the level of, you know, of, of cost of the business of inaction, of not dealing with it, where it triggers the threshold where your staff goes, hey, look, I know you're away. I know you didn't want to get this call, but we got a problem. And you said to call you if it rose to this level. We, we have to define that. And that's going to be dependent upon the business, dependent upon the employees, depending upon the skill sets of your staff and your management and who you can delegate to, which also is a factor in this. What level of issues can you delegate now that we're thinking two, three, four weeks down the road for this day off? Okay, yeah, there's gonna we're going to have to plan for unforeseen circumstances. We're going to have to have contingencies in place. So we got a little bit of time. Let's think through this. Let's talk through this. Let's assess the crew. In the last episode, I mentioned the installers being out on a job site. Three of them are standing around waiting for you to make the call. Are any one of those three installers capable of being given authority to make a higher level of decision making or you know, to, 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 to make higher level decisions out on the job site? Perhaps you've just retained that up till now because it worked and you didn't mind getting these calls at lunch and on your day off, but now that's changing. So now the expectations have to change. The authority structure may have to change or may be able to be changed in such a way that you can begin to anticipate, create some of those contingencies. Okay, stuff out on the field. All right. As long as it doesn't require, you know, like a remake of a piece and it's just getting it done right, you know what I expect, what we will do to keep the customer happy. So you know what? Let's start talking about that. Bob, lead installer. We're going to increase your level of authority and responsibility out on site. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to take a day off. And I'm going to be looking to you to rise to the level, rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge, and take that on and make a good decision. Same thing could go on in the shop. Same thing in the field. We got this sale. This customer's telling us it's a huge sale. We need to fill the schedule. And they're, but they're saying they need a $500 discount. Normally, they'd call you and you'd make the judgment call. Well, is there somebody in your sales staff who understands your decision-making well enough to say, hey, up to a certain amount under certain conditions, I'm going to give you the latitude to close the sale. Those are those exceptions. Now, if it reaches beyond that, like literally we do not have a job to template on Monday. But we have a customer who wants a $1,000 discount, and they're telling us if we give them the discount, we can template their job on Monday. Now, you can decide. You can determine. You can communicate. At that level, okay, I need to make that judgment call. But just that one. Well, now you've you've still gained massively on your first day off. Perhaps you only took one call and it was consequential. They followed the process, they followed the plan, they followed the boundaries. They didn't they didn't call you with something that wasn't urgent. They waited till it was urgent to the plan and you took that call. Babe, I got to step away for just a minute or yeah, babe. I guess that goes both ways. I got to take this call, take care of it, give them the discount, close the sale. I'll see you guys on Monday. Click back to your day off. That's where it begins. We've got to define those exceptions to the rule. What is urgent? What is not in the context of being away for a full day? Now the planning and the preparations to the extent that it's possible. You know, you can't anticipate everything. The fact is there's just so many variables in custom stone countertop manufacturing. You, 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 you can't conceivably plan for every conceivable scenario. You, you, you just can't. You've got to have just some guardrails and some generalities that set people up for success. But the same thing is true. We can look at what jobs 
are going to be installed on that date if you schedule out that far. And as you get closer, you can continue to talk about this. Remember, I'm off next Friday. Hey, remember, I'm off in two days this Friday. Let's talk about those jobs, what jobs we got on the schedule. Bob, lead installer. Hey, remember, I'm off this Friday. You guys are putting in a couple of jobs. Let's talk through this. Let's refresh our memories in terms of what authority you have to make decisions so that I don't get a call. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be interrupted. Any more than you want to be interrupted on your weekend. Who who wants to be called on their day off? Well, no employee expects to be called on their day off. <laughs> so same thing is true for you. I don't want to be called either, man. So Bob, let's talk about these jobs. Hey, what what's going through the shop? What big projects need to be scheduled? Just like I mentioned in the last episode, typically, if you were going to be there, you would be the default. You would be the go-to person for the answers to those questions. So the fact is, you have the information, or at least you have the philosophy or the decision-making process already developed. All we have to do is plan in advance. What information are you going to need on Friday so that I don't have to get the call? What decisions are likely to come up on Friday that we can talk through right now and game plan before Friday so that I don't get the call. And then we talk through the same question. Who is capable? Who is qualified? Who might be skilled enough or responsible enough to be given some additional delegation, some additional authority, some additional responsibility specific to that day? Hey, look, I'm going to be gone this Friday. Guess what? If this, this, and this happens, if it rises to this level, I'm going to, I'm going to let you make the call, man. I'm going to put that, I'm going to trust you to make the right decision. They may make the right decision. They may not. Let's just say that they don't. Let's place a value on that. Let's just say they make the wrong decision and it costs you $500. You would have made the right decision. You could have saved the 500 bucks. They, it was a 50-50 shot. They picked the wrong one and it cost you 500 bucks, half a, half a grand. But may I ask you, on the other side of that day off, on the other side of that experience, on the other side of that desire being satisfied, it's possible you'd look back on in the aftermath, in retrospect, 2020 hindsight, and go, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously, I could have saved the 500 bucks, would have been better. But even now, because I got to have that experience, I can never get Friday back. It was worth the $500. It was worth the mistake that the person I delegated to, it was worth it. And you have to accept that in advance. That there's going to be a little bit of ebb and flow. People won't always make the same decision you will make. People won't always make the right decision. That's okay. But we're not just talking about this in isolation in a vacuum about that particular job or that particular situation. We are talking about something much more important, much more impactful to the overall arc of our lives, time away from the business, having experiences that once that day's gone, it's gone. You can't go get that Friday back. If you choose not to take the day off because you don't want to grant somebody that authority or that responsibility or that decision-making latitude, well, you can't get that Friday back. Great, you spent another day at the shop and you made another countertop. I mean, if that's what does it for you, that's what does it for you. Great. But for those who value that time that you cannot put a number on, yeah, it cost me 500 bucks, but the memories from that day, number one, the fact that I was away, the business ran in large part without me, that's a huge win, massive victory, massive development in your skill set in terms of being an effective leader, manager, and delegator. And you had the added benefit of the experience that you had on that day off. You can't put a price on that. You can't put a price on that. You got to give yourself the freedom, the latitude, moving into that uh, 
that 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 range was a little bit of fear there, a little bit of you know anxiety about handing off decision making authority to somebody else because you really don't know what the outcome is going to be per se. <laughs> but that's part of planning and preparation. Who in that department is qualified? Who might you grant temporary decision making authority to so that you can take that day off and it be uninterrupted? That's the second step. First step is lunch. You master the step. You master lunch. You know what? Maybe once a week I get a call during my lunch break or during my hour-long lunch where I'm having lunch with clients, I'm having lunch with my spouse, I'm having lunch with my friends, I'm having lunch with my fellow business owners, whatever, or I'm having lunch with myself (laughs) and just relishing in the fact that I'm not getting any calls, man. Master that. Now let's talk about days. How do we take a Friday off? How do we take a Monday off? Incremental. We develop the skill. We master this, we do it a couple of times, two, three times, then maybe we move to a Friday and a Monday. And we just incrementally over time move through this to where we can get to the point where we can take a week off. I'll remember in two, I still remember in 2006, I took two weeks off. And, and I'll, I'll share this with you. I'd, I'd meant to mention this. It wasn't in my notes, but it had crossed my mind. One of the, the criteria in the latter stages, once I had really kind of mastered this in the business, I didn't I didn't have any operating level tasks in the business. So I could step away for days at a time and no one would even know I was gone. Except that I wouldn't be at the ops meeting in the morning. That was about the extent of it. But I used to tell my staff, my management team, look, I just want to remind you, when I'm on vacation, I do not want you to call me under any circumstances with one exception. If somebody on the crew or somebody's family has a, a family tragedy or somebody on the crew is hurt severely or worse, then call me immediately. But anything short of that, you break 10 slabs, don't call me. I do not want to get that call <laughs> on my vacation. You screw up a job, buy the slab, remake it. You guys know how to schedule Figure out the schedule, make the calls, rearrange it, get the job done, make the customer happy. That's what you'd do if I was there. That's the answer I'd give you anyway. I trust you guys to make the call. Machine breaks down. Hey, what's it do to the schedule? Adjust the schedule, call the customers, call the manufacturer equipment, get the machine fixed. How much? It doesn't matter how much it costs. If the machine's down, it's got to be repaired. I would just basically tell them anything short of a tragedy in somebody's family or a severe or really serious injury from somebody working, I don't want to hear about it until I get back. You can tell me all about it when I get back. <laughs> and you can you can give me the spreadsheet of all the money that we lost and all the expenses that we had and all the mistakes that we had to pay for. I'd just rather I'd rather talk about that when I'm back from my vacation, not on it. And they knew. They had absolute and complete and total authority to make any decision within the business in my absence. And I trusted them. There was a high level of trust. They'd worked for me for years and years and years, and we had the track record. But that was the level to where I got to the expectation. I don't call people when they're on vacation. I don't want to be called either. And we can move in that direction incrementally. We start by mastering our lunch hour. Then we get down to a day. We do that two, three, four times. Let's do a Friday and a Monday. Now we got a four-day weekend, two days in cons- two consecutive days, giving me four days off, but it's only a two-day hit to the company. Over time, like I said, wash, rinse, repeat. Eventually, you'll get to the point where it'll be scary. It'll be terrifying. It'll be really nerve-wracking to go, I'm leaving for a week. And it's not just that I'm leaving for a week. I'm leaving for a week, and this is a non-working vacation. I remember when we went to Hawaii for the first time, my wife <laughs> insisted. I Like, just 
in case. I literally did not even take my phone to Hawaii the first time we went three or four years ago. It was great. Uninterrupted time. No way to get a hold of me. I didn't take my computer. All the pictures we took were on my wife's phone. We had a wonderful vacation. It was absolutely amazing. It was the most memorable experience my family's had. All the kids will say that was the greatest trip we ever had. So it can be done. But you got to work up to it. We do it in steps. There are the steps, then there are the sub-steps and the sub-sub-steps. The first step, giving yourself permission to believe that you're worthy of taking time off, that those desires that you have are worth pursuing. Those desires of you are worthwhile. They are worth rearranging your business to accommodate. Then we write it down. Then we speak it. Then we tell somebody. We actually let those words leave our mouth. That's nerve-wracking. That's the first step. Second step (laughs) is determining the time that we want off. And then we follow these steps. We communicate. What is it that I'm going to do? How long am I going to be gone? And who do I need to communicate with? We then define the exceptions. What are the, the situations? What are the scenarios where you can actually interrupt my lunch break, my day off, or my vacation? Those are going to be exceptions, not the rule. Those are the exceptions. And then we do whatever planning is necessary. Over time, you get better and better. Ah, the first time, yeah, shoot, I still got two or three calls on my first day. That's a victory. That's still a massive win. When you normally get 10 or 20, started with three, boom, time to celebrate. Time to celebrate with another day off, in my opinion. Hone the skill. Develop the practice. Perfect it. Communicate. Define exceptions. And then plan and prepare. You'll get better and better and better at planning and preparing. The business will have to. It's necessarily going to have to improve. That delegation is going to continue. It's kind of addictive. You realize, oh, man, I didn't have to take, you know, there's a certain level of threshold where if it's an extremely insanely infuriated customer that only a call from the owner can, like, pacify, okay, yeah, I'll take those calls. But all those other ones? I'm sorry, you're you're frustrated there was a chip in your countertop. I'm sorry. We'll take care of it. You know what? I got a supervisor that can say those things in a way that is honoring to the customer, schedule the return, take care of the chip, make the customer happy, ask for a nice review. I don't have to take all those calls. It's addictive. It's addicting when you when you begin to realize that this this topic of delegation that I've been talking about and you begin to taste that time away Days off, hours off, weeks off away from the business, but it's also happening inside the business. As you delegate, as you experience the benefit of that, people handling those issues for you instead of you, it's like, wow, that kind of feels good. Maybe I'll delegate some more. Maybe I'll hone this practice within the business. And so the actual operations within the business will tend to begin to improve and be enhanced and function more successfully, more frequently, and more predictably because those principles are the same. We're talking about delegation here. It's effective communication, defining the result that we want, providing the necessary steps that someone needs to follow to produce the result so that we keep the promise made to the customer on time the first time. It all works together. It's all a synergy. But I hope that you will begin to put this in the context of giving yourself permission to take time off slowly if you're not already there. Start with that lunch hour, fellow fabricator. (laughs) then take a day off and then take a week off. So fellow fabricator, I'm so glad that uh, you are still listening to this episode here, 27 minutes and 19 seconds in. This is uh, is so important. If you value those desires that reside within you, 
if you've given your permission, yourself permission to dream and that it's possible to do those things, I would just encourage you to begin taking steps towards those. Now, don't put them off. Don't wait. Don't buy into the conventional wisdom that you have to wait until you're retired to do some of these things. Start pursuing them now. And fellow fabricator, if you're listening to this on Friday, what would this be? It's uh, the third, probably the third Friday in September. I'm up elk hunting with my boys, living the dream, putting into practice what I am preaching. I am literally not even town. I recorded this episode a week and a half in advance, planning and preparing for my departure so that you can still get this podcast and I can still be away. It's worth it. I'm telling you. So make sure you tune in next week. I will be back in time to record the next episode, whatever that may be. Perhaps that time away in the woods will give me some fresh perspective on things, and I'll have a whole new series to talk about here on the Fab Lab podcast. So until then, fellow fabricator, happy fabricating.